Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Welcome back. This week we're reviewing the Recovery and Resilience Facility. Many countries across the bloc have already fallen behind in commissioning the projects that were planned to soak up their portion of the EU's 724 billion euro Recovery and Resilience Facility. Others are still waiting to receive any money at all, still caught up in wranglings with the European Commission a little over two years after the facility entered into force. As things currently stand, Italy looks like it will struggle to use its massive amount of Recovery and Resilience, or RRF, funding before the 2026 deadline. Giovanni Tria, Italy's former finance minister, tells Radio 24 that he had always had second thoughts about accepting the additional loans on offer because Italy already had resources at its disposal that it was failing to spend. I always knew we would struggle, not because we are incapable, although changes were needed in our administration, but because if we don't want to waste money, we need projects, and well-executed projects at that. It's not just about having a plan with a list of goals, but about having real, workable projects, and we must be able to implement them fast. I believe we'll have issues in the private sector as well. If we want, for example, to build roads and bridges, we need building firms capable of doing this in an extremely short space of time. This big rush is something I never agreed with the European Commission about. It is clear that we have to spend money, but we have to spend it wisely. So, what concrete suggestions does he have moving forward? I think we could come to a common sense agreement with the Commission to defer certain programmes, to make them even better, so as not to waste money. As things stand, Rome has not submitted a request for any form of extension. And extending disbursement beyond 2026 would be far from a rubber stamping exercise, as it would require unanimity from all 27 member states. Yet the widespread failure of countries to spend the money they have been awarded would be extremely embarrassing for Brussels. As EPP member Radan Kanev tells BNR, Recovery spending is not moving a whole lot faster in Bulgaria, which remains embroiled in a domestic political crisis with no clear end in sight, even after the country's latest elections last Sunday, the 2nd of April. Nothing is happening. Because the major political paralysis and the political irresponsibility of the caretaker cabinet make the further implementation of this plan impossible until we find a way out of the political crisis. With the country already failing to meet its recovery plan commitments, Bulgaria's caretaker government is now attempting to rework its recovery plan with Brussels. The Commission wants to receive concrete proposals for increasing the proportion of green energy in the country's energy mix, while Sofia is looking at how best to preserve jobs and quality of life in Bulgaria's coal regions. So, some countries are struggling to organise their spending, which puts their funding at risk. Others are successfully rolling out their spending plans, or finally in a position to start doing so, only to be told that they may not need as much money in the first place. A catch-22 situation if ever there was one. 
According to Belgian broadcaster RTBF, the wheels of Wallonia's recovery plan are fully in motion, with 92% of the region's priority projects underway, and more than a third of the funds earmarked for these projects already spent. At the same time, the Belgian government has had to adjust its budgets following the news that it will receive some 25% less from the RRF than initially anticipated. From the outset, it was stated that 30% of the facility's eventual allocation would be linked to real impact on GDP in 2020 and 2021. But the recovery in Belgium has proven faster than expected. In autumn 2020, the Commission forecast that the country's GDP would shrink by 4.6% over the 2020-2021 period. But Belgium actually saw positive growth of 0.1% over this time frame. Slovenia will also receive a smaller grant than originally planned, reports RTV Slovenia. At the end of March, before the country had even received its first instalment, the Commission notified Ljubljana that it would be receiving less than 85% of its original allocation, also due to higher-than-anticipated economic growth. A number of Slovenia's planned projects will therefore have to be streamlined or dropped. Josip Mihalic, the director of Slovenia's Recovery and Resilience Office, is feeling disappointed but philosophical. It should be noted that the government has accepted the starting points for adjusting the plan. We will enter into negotiations or dialogue with the European Commission and other stakeholders on this basis in order to come up with a final proposal by the end of April. We have not given up money. There is money available. According to the regulation adopted at the European level and according to the latest European Commission calculations from the middle of last year, all member states are in the same position here. Slovenia has lost a considerable part of its grant envelope in this context. In other words, these are lost funds. RTV Slovenia also reports comments made by Slovenia's finance minister, Klemen Boscjancic, who says that the country is unlikely to meet all the necessary milestones, even to be able to claim all the recovery money to which it remains entitled, but that his government will do everything in its power to ensure it can. Bucharest, meanwhile, is struggling to meet the conditions imposed by the Recovery and Resilience Facility and therefore risks not receiving its money, says Radio Romania. In Romania, almost 3 billion recovery fund euros are held up in anticipation of a major reform of so-called special pensions, which the Commission considers too much of a drain on the country's finances. Most special pensions go to public officials in the judicial and defence sectors – with the biggest beneficiaries receiving pension payouts that can be 10 times higher than the average. The wheels are in motion to make the necessary changes, explains Labour Minister Marius Boudet, but the process is quite drawn out. These amendments were discussed in the coalition and submitted to the Senate. The legislative proposal passed in the Senate. Following discussions, we decided that we will do one more round of analysis with the World Bank with the approved amendments, before sending the analysis to the European Commission. 
In this way, if our ministers need to make further amendments, these can be discussed with the Commission. For now, we are waiting for the World Bank's analysis. We will then send it back to the Commission and the dialogue will continue. It is important that we are in continuous dialogue with the European Commission and we do not adopt anything until it has been agreed by all. And of course, on the off chance we may have forgotten, Poland and Hungary's recovery and resilience funding remains at a complete standstill. Krzysztof Sobolewski, Secretary General of Poland's ruling Law and Justice Party, is convinced that the Commission's decision to entirely block payments to Poland, including those intended for the country's national recovery plan, over rule of law concerns, are legally baseless. Speaking to Polski Radio, he asserts, and not for the first time, that the Brussels executive has exceeded its competences stemming from the treaties in this regard. Most of these decisions fall outside the treaties and result from pressure from German socialist MEPs, as well as from the main EPP faction. They are unfortunately supported by the whole of our opposition, who also lie behind the preparation of, and votes in favour of, several resolutions against Poland. On paper, Poland is in line to receive the fourth biggest recovery fund payout in the EU, after Italy, Spain and France. In an attempt to comply with one of the Commission's key conditions and get its 35 billion euros flowing, the Polish Parliament drafted a judicial reform bill that went to President Duda for approval in February. But instead of signing it into law, Duda forwarded it to Poland's Constitutional Court, He did, though, sign another key compromise law, relaxing the rules on wind farm construction. While Warsaw continues to refuse to recognise the primacy of EU law, this stalemate over EU funds is unlikely to be broken. With this in mind, the Commission took the case to the European Court of Justice in February. On the 23rd of March, the EU's Chief Prosecutor, Laura kodrutsa Kiovesi presented the first full annual report of the European Public Prosecutor's Office to the European Parliament's Budgetary Control Committee. According to the report, by the end of 2022, there were already 15 active fraud cases across the bloc relating to recovery and resilience expenditure, more than half of these in Italy. The Chief Prosecutor writes in the report that case numbers are only likely to increase in the future, especially with RRF-funded projects only just starting to be implemented. In her introductory remarks, Committee Chair Monika Holmeyer from the EPP Group concurred that where there is money, there is indeed potential for fraud. AMS reports. We are spending considerable sums of money right now. This attracts a lot of criminals. Because when, for example, more than 700 billion euros are being spent via the recovery and resilience facility within a relatively short time frame, there are a lot of people who would like to see a part of this money, to put it mildly. As with all EU spending, checks and balances are in place to ensure accountability. Yet just a month ago, the European Court of Auditors expressed concerns about a lack of verified data on whether and how member states are checking that RRF-funded projects comply with both EU and national rules. It urged the Commission to remedy the situation. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week for more insight from our member stations. 